Now for today's GeoQuiz, we return to the scene of a military coup that took place in West Africa. Last month's military coup in Mali set several things in motion. Coup leaders ousted the country's president, accusing him of mishandling a rebellion in Mali's north. Neighboring countries want to return to democracy, and they've now decided to impose a trade embargo. That could mean chaos in Mali because the country imports all its fuel. Meanwhile, the rebels in the north have seized one of Mali's major cities. This this thousand-year-old city is a world heritage site. It was once a center of Islamic learning with enough libraries to hold 700,000 ancient manuscripts. In just a minute, we'll hear why UNESCO is warning that the city's cultural heritage is threatened. So sit back and use that minute to try to come up with the name of the city at the edge of the Sahara Desert. You're listening to PRI. I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. Rebels in northern Mali took control of several key cities over the weekend. They include Timbuktu, the answer to our geo-quiz today. The rebel gains took place in spite of a military coup last month. Coup leaders said Mali's president had mishandled the rebellion in the north. The seizure of historic Timbuktu has tripped alarms. The head of UNESCO today warned that the thousand-year-old heritage of Timbuktu may be threatened. Lydia Sison is an author and expert on Mali. What is at stake is the incredibly rich collection of manuscripts that reside in Timbuktu, and many of which date back to the 15th century and earlier. And this is the highest concentration of manuscript collections, both public and private, in, in the whole of West Africa. There are over 60 private libraries. It can be anything from small fragments of paper to huge books and treatises on primary texts of Islam, canonical works of Islamic law and science, including astronomy, mathematics and grammar, but also original works of poetry, commentaries, historical chronicles, letters, commercial contracts. And these are, these are very, very fragile ancient documents that obviously really need to be preserved and are also very valuable. Today, Timbuktu is this kind of dusty desert outpost near the Niger River, but centuries ago was thriving, and most especially uh, with caravans of merchants trading and salt, gold, and ivory and slaves. It was also kind of a university town, wasn't it? That's right. And in fact, um, when Leo Africanus, the North African traveler, who really brought the news of Timbuktu to the European world in the 16th century after he was captured by pirates and and taken to the Pope, and his description of Africa was, was published in Italian first and then translated into all sorts of European languages and went right around the world for several hundred years in different forms. What he emphasized was that it wasn't just about the gold and the salt and the slaves, but the most valuable item in Timbuktu were its books. The intellectuals were really the guardians of the the city's character. What was it, do you think, about Timbuktu that so kind of captured Europeans' ideas of you know, West Africa and this kind of mysterious city. I think part of it was the very difficulty of of getting there, but also by the early 19th century when the science of geography was really just getting underway and there was this huge urge to map the world and pin it down. But at the same time, there was a great commercial drive. You know, it was the early days of colonization and and Egypt had just, the ancient Egypt had just been discovered and all the treasures of uh, around the Nile area um, and were being brought back to England and to France. And so there was this thought that there was this ancient civilization that wouldn't just provide gold, beautiful women as well, but a whole that it was a whole repository of knowledge that they would find lost classical texts. 
well, when they found it, of course, they didn't recognise what they'd found because what they found was this dusty mud brick town. Um, and they thought they'd just been mistaken for the most part because they didn't realise that the treasures were the written treasures. And so many of these, of course, were hidden and inaccessible to um, non-Arabic speakers. But I think a lot of it is, is just this desire of human beings to have a place that's mysterious and distant and, and unreachable. And there was almost a disappointment when it was found. And that was the point at which Timbuktu, the Timbuktu of the maps, took flight into this imaginary zone and took flight into the imagination in such a way that so many people today don't even know that it's real. So, so it occupies this very strange place that's sort of somewhere between... Um, Shangri-La and El Dorado, which of course are imaginary places and yet also has a, the, something of the imaginative mystique of Paris and Rome or, or Babylon. Um, so it's a very interesting place that has all sorts of different resonances. Dr. Lydia Sison, an expert on Mali history and culture. Thanks very much for speaking with us. Pleasure.